Welcome to the Trailer Blazers podcast. I'm your host, one of them, Mr. Benjamin Moon. We didn't discuss it ahead of time, but am I supposed to be a Dracula too? We are both Draculas here in this podcast. This is the People Draining Podcast. This podcast sucks. Ah, ah, ah. The the Porcupine People Eating Podcast. (laughs) You say, well, what does porcupines have to do with Transylvania? Uh, They have quills and everybody knows that um, vampires are right with the quills wow that was a that was a walk around the block to get to that one ben not great when you could still do things in the world i went to a conference for work in vancouver canada and one of the people at the conference was from romania and we had gone out like there was a group of us had gone out to dinner and she was sitting next to me and she said at one, she was talking to me, and she stopped at one point and she went, "You, you know, I'm not the vampire." <laughs> and I said, "Well, I didn't think you were until now." <laughs> she goes, "We're not all of us. Some, yes, not all." <laughs> <laughs> so I actually have been to Transylvania. I went in 2008, and uh, we had a translator, and he was talking about the Vlad Sapish. Uh, you know, he was like the ruler, and uh, you know, he was a good one. Uh, with some people, would steal. You know, he would impale them, and uh, yeah, he was a good one. <laughs> well, I'm I'm sure they didn't turn you. I am not turned. Uh, you know, I'm aging. I can tell you that. I don't feel very, you know, young. Mm, I have never seen Str- you in the daylight, though. Have you not? No, I don't think so. You've seen me on Instagram in the daylight. Oh, no. That one time you ate Chick-fil-A in our hotel room in the morning at DragonCon. That was uh, during the day. But we were inside the whole time, so I don't know. Was the window open? Uh, No, we had it closed. Okay. I I still don't have confirmation on this. And I'm going to keep you guessing. (laughs) That Instagram posts could all have been blue screen. (laughs) That is true. It could be photoshopped. (laughs) Um, all right, well, folks, welcome to episode 52. This is a special episode because that means we've been doing this for a year. Correct. Although we did skip some weeks, so we've been doing it for longer than a year. We've done a year's worth of episodes. You could listen to one a week for a year now. Yeah, if you ha- you could binge. Uh, or you could just binge it all in a week if you really tried. Uh, every pizza is a personal pan pizza if you believe in yourself. Yeah, that's true. I've, al- I've often proved that. Indeed. Also, a bag of ninety pizza rolls is is achievable in one all sitting. Right. Yeah, I don't I don't doubt that at all. This episode, we're gonna do uh, some things, uh, some segments. Do you like segments? Like on a millipede? That, that's the kind of segments I'm talking about. The first millipede here is uh, what we done watched this week. What we done had watched this past week. What did you done watch this week? Well, I actually finished two different series. I finished The Umbrella Academy Season 2, and I finished uh, What We Do in the Shadows Season 2. All right, so you did get to eventually see the Mark Hamill episode, which is my favorite episode of anything ever. I did, I did. Uh, 
I would say Laszlo in season two really comes into his own. He does really subtle stuff that's so funny to me. Just like how he looks at the camera sometimes. And he, I don't know. I think he's so funny. Jackie Daytona, human bartender. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, yeah. So, and I thought, was, I thought Umbrella Academy was just okay. I'll be, I'll be honest. I looked at my phone a little bit to it. I liked I liked season two of Umbrella Academy a lot. Um, I don't know if I liked it more than season one. There were elements of it that I did like more, and elements that I didn't like as much. Yeah, I think I like season one better. I will say that I have started to think that I'm not a big TV fan. I'm more of a movie fan. Yeah, that's that's evident to everyone else. Listen, everyone else listening has figured that out long ago, Ben. You're just catching up now. <laughs> Uh, it's probably true, and it's funny because Erin, my wife, is the opposite. She doesn't really like movies. She likes TV more. I just think TV's kind of a slow burn a lot of the times, and I just I get kind of bored with it. Hmm. I like a good slow burn. I uh, mean, there is stuff that I really do like, though. Like, there's stuff that I will binge and like, and I'll like it all the way through. So, but it's I'm pretty picky, I guess. You know, it's true. All right, what'd you watch? I finished watching The Haunting of Bly Manor on Netflix. I liked it a lot. My boy Rahu Kohli is in it. I love him. Um, I it wasn't as good as Hill House. It was, mm. but the source material wasn't as good as the source material for Hill House, so it was never going to be. But it was still done really well. Rahu Kohli was great. Was it uh, real ghost? It was real ghosty. Yeah, it's, it's real ghosty. It's not as ghosty as Hill House. It's uh. Hill House is still is still top top dog in the ghost arena, and then uh, we watched Sleepy Hollow, which is one of Jess's favorites for Halloween times. This time I haven't seen it in a million years. I learned this time that when the headless horseman isn't Christopher Walken, it is Ray Park. <laughs> so it's Darth Maul <laughs> flailing around there and without a head. Uh, we started watching on HBO Max the Harley Quinn the animated series which i was not expecting to like at all i was like this is going to be the worst because it's like r-rated cartoon about harley quinn it is extremely funny it is very good you would not have guessed that from the trailer no it's very funny uh kaylee cuoco does harley quinn's voice and she doesn't do that annoying high-pitched voice she just does her normal voice okay lake bell is poison ivy and she's hilarious She's like really deadpan, kind of like uh, uh, Stephanie Beatrice in Brooklyn Nine Nine, and okay. like Ron Funches is King Shark. I love Ron Funches; just his voice is great. And Alan Tudyk is is Joker and Clayface, so it's it's got a really good voice cast, and it's it's actually funny. It's like it made me laugh out loud a few times. And then we we randomly we watched The Abyss on Amazon Prime. And uh, tell me about that aspect ratio. So at the beginning when it started out, we were watching it and Jess was like, why is this not in HD? And I said, it is in HD. But we noticed that it, was, it wasn't widescreen. It was like 4-3 like aspect ratio. And I was like, maybe just the beginning is because sometimes films will change aspect ratios for certain scenes. But it maintained this weird 4-3 aspect ratio the entire time, which I guess is a thing with that movie. So, here's a question for you. There's a scene, I believe this is in The Abyss, where somebody breathes liquid oxygen. Uh Uh-huh. 
Okay, liquid oxygen's boiling point is like negative 238 degrees Fahrenheit. No, wait, it's, it's, it, the boiling point is negative 297, I'm sorry. How, how are they going to breathe in something that cold? It would freeze them. No, it's a real thing. Uh, the rat in the movie really did breathe the liquid oxygen. That was a real rat really breathing it. Uh, it's theoretically possible with people. It's not very. It's not very good at dispersing the carbon dioxide, so it's not. It's not like recommended, but it is actually possible. It's not just like fully liquid oxygen. It's some weird oxygen infused goo. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And it's not like I know this off the top of my head. Jess was, like, reading facts about it while we were watching it. Okay. Because liquid, like, just straight, straight, straight up liquid oxygen is, like, extremely cold. Yeah, this is some sort of, some sort of goo that uh, is, like, highly oxygenated liquid. But the mouse, the mouse or the rat or whatever in the movie, that literally was a real scene of them putting it in there. So the wow. Humane Society was not was not happy with this movie. Well, was it the Humane Society or was it like the that that committee that makes sure that horses don't get hurt in movies? It was probably that one. I I don't remember the name of the committee. Someone was someone wasn't happy with it because they basically terrified a rat for a scene. Somebody wasn't real happy. Tell you that. I'll tell you one thing: is Ed Harris has looked like he was forty his entire life. <laughs> he's uh he got bitten at the age of 40 yeah and he still looks like that just more wrinkly <laughs> uh all right well that uh that does it for what we didn't watch but let's talk about some new news welcome to dumb dudes news we've got a few interesting items here today some of them are some of them are questionable and <laughs> just leave us more confused. It, it really is. There's, these are very rumory. Uh, who knows what is real and what is not here. But uh, the first piece of news here is that Jimmy Kimmel joked about being confirmed to play Craven the Hunter in Spider-Man 3. That's a really specific thing to make a joke about. I think so too. I think this is going to lead to potentially Craven the Hunter being one of the antagonists, if not the antagonist, in Spider-Man Three. I'm pretty sure he'll be in it. I I know John Watts wanted to do that. He said after he made uh, Far From Home that was one of the things he was interested in was Craven. Craven's Last Hunt is maybe the best Spider-Man comic. I don't know that I've read that one. If you want to read one really good Spider-Man graphic novel, Craven's Last Hunt is probably the best Spider-Man comic book. Sweet. I'll check it out. Uh, another uh, Spider-Man news that we had here, we actually have two pieces. The first piece was that Andrew Garfield and Tommy McGuire were seemingly confirmed to be in Spider-Man 3. Yeah, and then we had that, and then we also had uh, Sony being like, actually, this, not, this isn't a thing. We're, this isn't happened. But a lot of times that... The thing about this is every time there's a, a casting thing for Marvel, they confirm it. And then the actor says, uh, Oh, no, th this isn't a thing. This isn't confirmed. Uh, this is just speculation. And then they're in the thing. This happened with Kumail Nanjiani for Eternals. This happened with Paul Rudd for Ant-Man. This happened... It just keeps happening. And it happens every time. Like, with every single person who's cast. 
So, the dance of people denying it means nothing to me at this point. I, I kind of will believe. I kind of believe it until I'm proven not to. It, this could be a misdirection, purposefully on Sony's part, so that it, they can have surprises. Right. Which would be cool. I like surprises, um, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure J.K. Simmons denied that he was going to reprise J. Jonah Jameson before Far From Home, and then he was all of a sudden in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next item is one that I put on here, which I just thought was hilarious. We talked about that movie Buddy Games last week. It was the worst trailer we'd ever seen. So, <laughs> after listening to the episode, Lindsay pointed out to me that all the comments on the YouTube video on that trailer were from, like, porn robots. <laughs> it was like, hey, for local singles in your area. <laughs> yeah, I went back and looked at this because I, re- I was just curious about it. It was like, a lot of them were like, the comment was just like, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, hey there. <laughs> yeah, it's just those robot comments that, like, go into your Instagram spam folder. Yeah, I was just about to say that. These are the bots that message you in Instagram. <laughs> the funniest thing about this is I can't think of a more fitting trash pile of a movie for these comments to go to. It was perfect, yes. Absolutely perfect. That's what you deserve, buddy games. Yeah, buddy games, you're out of here. You you deserve to get watched by robots, and that's the only. Worst of the year so far. Uh, all right, then the uh, last piece of news we have here, uh, John Favreau doesn't rule out a Mandalorian movie. Now, this isn't really news, but so so John Favreau is the creator, co-director, I think, of, of Mandalorian. He wrote it. He, he hasn't directed any episodes in season okay. one, but he has directed episodes in season two. Okay. So he said he's in no rush to leave the TV space, but we're definitely open to doing a movie and excited to see where the story leads us and have that flexibility because there's no rule book now these those are his words so could happen he can do whatever he wants i'm on board i love john favreau yeah if you read the comments on youtube a lot of people were like why are you gonna make a movie we want more tv uh, and i'm just like guys we can have both yeah both why not both both is why good not? yeah both well we will pay to see the movie won't we I would actually enjoy paying that. I, for one, would want to pay money. Uh, all right, so then uh, let's 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 move along to a new segment. <gasps> Shocking! A new a new segment called the Future Blazers. Oh boy, that makes us sound cool. We're the time trailer blazers, the time travelers, the time travelers. Okay, so future blazers. This is a prediction segment of the podcast where we, Nick and I are going to formally make predictions about the future within the entertainment industry, and uh, uh, and then we're going to come back to these later and see if these came true. And it's not like half the other stuff we say we're going to come back to or make lists of and don't. Because this, we actually have a Google Doc created so we can hold (laughs) ourselves accountable. Yes, with dates. With dates. All right, so we actually made these predictions on the 14th, so two days ago, October 14th, 2020. So we're going to go down, I'm just going to go down my list, okay, so we can have them into the ether here, recorded in the ether. 
so, so basically we have predictions and then we have some what we call long shots that are things that are probably not going to happen, but we're just going to say them anyway. Mm-hmm. All right, so here's my main line predictions. You ready? Yes. Craven will be one of the antagonists in Spider-Man 3. WandaVision will take place in Wanda's mind as Wanda is aboard a sword spacecraft, which might not be revealed till the end of the season. Somehow, the X-Gene is introduced with the Multiverse of Madness. Talk about X-Men, the X-Gene from X-Men. There will be at least one character or likeness from Knights of the Old Republic in the new Star Wars High Republic movies. Several more WWE folks are going to show up in the Marvel movies or Star Wars movies or shows or both. Movies or shows. Into the Spider-Verse 2 will be a box office and digital smash okay it's gonna it's gonna do really well and sony animated studios is gonna expand and they're gonna make other spider-man related animated movies perhaps sinister six or venom stuff i don't know uh, we might even see sony owned video game studio content like god of war uncharted ghost of tsushima etc luke cage you're right about uncharted yeah uncharted is getting made you told me that i didn't know that at the time so that's a good that's a good prediction uh luke cage is going to get recast and show up as a cameo in She-Hulk. Carl Urban gets cast as Wolverine. That's kind of a long shot, but I don't know. It could happen. Okay, here's my long shots. I have three long shots for you, okay? Sony brings back Siphon Filter and Legend of Dragoon in some capacity games or movies. We see Venom and Carnage show up in other MCU movies, not just Spider-Man stuff. We see Kingpin show up in Spider-Man movies... And it's Vincent D'Onofrio. I like those predictions. Uh, There's a couple that I think you're probably right on. There's a couple that I hope you're right on. So we'll have to see. We will see. All right. My predictions are... I mean, let's be honest. 99% of these predictions are about Marvel or Star Wars. (laughs) Because that's what we do. (laughs) That's what we do here. That's what we care about here. Yeah. We're basically like the days of future past blazers. Um, my first prediction is that Doctor Strange will be in the last episode of WandaVision. I think she's going to wreck stuff enough that he has to come in. Uh, my second one is Jennifer Walters, who is She-Hulk, will be Peter Parker's lawyer in Spider-Man 3. Because he's going to need a lawyer based on the end of Far From Home. Tamara Morrison will be Boba Fett, but only in the last episode of Season 2 of The Mandalorian. I think that Timothy Oliphant is going to be playing Cobb Vanth, who is the character in the Aftermath novels who was wearing armor that everyone thought used to belong to Boba Fett and that Boba Fett's going to want it back. Uh, my, my fourth prediction <laughs> is there will be no nudity in the Lord of the Rings series because it's being made fun of too hard on the internet and they will retool. I hope you are right. I hope <laughs> so very much that you're right. They're getting roasted pretty hard, so that's my... That's my uh, prediction for that. My next one is Spider-Man 3 will be called Spider-Man Homesick. Um, That's my... I I feel it. I feel that's going to be it. And my next one, the post-credits scene for Black Widow will set up Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think I mentioned that last week. Uh, My next one is Black Panther 2 will establish Shuri as the next Black Panther. I don't think they'll recast. I think they will move Shuri into the position. Um, and my last regular prediction is that Mark Hamill will be in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I know he's James Gunn's neighbor and they've become like pretty good friends lately. And I just feel like he's going to be in it. 
Interesting. And then I only have two long shots because I couldn't think of a third one. <laughs> and, okay, my first one is is a, a counterpoint to my, my second one. So instead of Jennifer Walters, Matt Murdock will be Peter Parker's lawyer in Spider-Man 3, and it will be Charlie Cox. Okay. And then my second long shot is that the next live-action Star Wars movie will tie directly to Knights of the Old Republic and feature Darth Revan. Oh, snap. So I'm I'm calling eight ball corner pocket, you know, uh, whereas it's, it's building, I'm building off of your prediction about the, the Knights of the Old Republic influence in the, the movies, but I want to call the shot. Yeah, yeah, I was a little bit more loose with mine, but Darth Revan was such a good antagonist, and the twist was so good, I almost wonder if they'll do it again. I think so. That's that's what I think. That's my prediction. Okay. All right, folks. So th- these predictions were made on October 14th, 2020. We will revisit these uh, probably in maybe six months. We'll revisit them as they are proven correct or incorrect. Yeah, maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll just keep tabs on it. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be fun. We will, And we will continue to add to these predictions as time goes on. I think future Blazers will... Uh, will be a maybe a permanent segment here on the show. Let us know if you like this, and also send us your predictions. Uh, but don't send us your predictions for, like, buddy games, because we don't care about that. No, we don't want to hear it. All right, folks, so that's enough of the future Blazers. Let's move on to The Question Towns. The Questions Towns. Did you say Question Times? I said The Question Towns, and this is actually The Robo Question Towns. Yeah. We were too busy coming up with these uh, brilliant, revelatory future predictions that we left the question times to Robo this week because he submitted a really good one that actually took me several days to come up with my answer because I was wrestling with it. I came up with mine pretty fast. Tell me, tell me a little bit about yours here. Okay, so I just decided to go with my favorite, like like movie score producer and my favorite actual musician and i combine them so my favorite movie score maker is howard shore because i think i like the lord of the rings soundtrack the best of of any movie soundtrack and my favorite regular musician is nico case so i was thinking that maybe they can make some sort of epic movie where where he's doing the music like the like the the score and whatnot but sometimes there's like songs in the movie maybe if it's like a a fantasy thing there's some sort of cool ballady stuff she can do that or if it's like a western i know she could do something like that so it's just that would be a soundtrack i would want to own that's great i think that's good to have a, a regular old musician musician and some of that can compose classical type stuff or like large orchestra type stuff and put them together that's that's pretty great yeah, I want to I want to see that. Yeah. So, my first one um I thought about soundtracks that I really dig that really evoke a lot of emotion. And so I thought about combining Toshio Masuda who is uh did the music for the original Naruto anime series, which has really good music. Uh both like slow ballady type emotional stuff and also like rip roaring action get you hyped uh, stuff and then uh then ben salisbury 
who did the Annihilation and Devs soundtracks. Yeah, he rules. He rules, man. Uh, if you and, and I know that I've said this before, but go on Spotify or YouTube or whatever and listen to the song on the Annihilation soundtrack called The Alien. It's about 12 minutes long, and it is haunting. It's amazing. It's, it's brilliant. Okay, that whole scene is brilliant in the movie, but a lot of it has to do with that music that he made. So I think just those two combined would make something unique and weird and awesome. And uh, listen, nobody's nobody gets me hype like Toshia Masuda. Like I want to like kickbox to that stuff. Does it make you be able to run faster than their bullets? Only when I'm near Area 51. <laughs> So, and then I also did an honorable mention for Jeremy Sewell, uh, who did the Skyrim soundtrack, and The Flight, who did the Assassin's Creed Odyssey soundtrack. Those are my video game uh, guys. Both of them, they're, I mean, they're, the Skyrim soundtrack never gets old, and Assassin's Creed Odyssey has an incredible soundtrack. So, those are just very talented people. Just put them together, and I think you got something good. Well, I bet Rob Rob's answer will have Queen in it. That's the only thing I'm saying. <laughs> I think is that a prediction? That's a pretty yeah, that's a prediction. Although two of the greatest musicians, rock musicians of of all time are Queen and David Bowie and they already did a collaboration and it's under pressure. All right, well folks, why don't you write into us and tell us uh what your answer to this question town would be? And uh, we're not going to tell you how to get in touch with us just yet. We're going to make you wait. Now it's time for the new 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 trailers folks uh nick oh boy how many do we have here buddy ben we have as i would like to say in the common parlance the wickedly talented baker's dazine ah yes a baker's dazine and uh there are there's a couple of good ones in here Mm -hmm. and then some other ones that are not but there are some there's some good stuff to talk about there's some meat on this here bone yeah, there's a few that are top drawer. Top drawer. Uh, the first one here is very unexpected. I didn't even know this was being uh, made, but we have an Animaniacs reboot. Yeah, so this is being made for Hulu. It's the entire original voice acting cast, so like Rob Paulson, Tress McNeil, uh, Maurice LaMarche. And it's produced by Spielberg. It's, it's, uh, it's everyone's the same. So it's like the same thing, just delayed uh, 20 years. Or 25 years? When was 1995? That was 25 years ago. I think the series Uh, ended in 1998. Okay. Well, that's a long time. But uh, this trailer is so smart, the way that they did it. Oh, it is. It is a Jurassic Park parody, because it's Animaniacs is a Steven Spielberg thing. So it starts off like... With Jurassic Park, with the the part where they see the dinosaurs for the first time, Sam Neill and and uh, what's her name, Ellie, Laura Dern. God, I always know her name. Why did I not space? I like Laura Dern all the time. I'm sorry, Laura Dern. So Laura Dern and and Sam Neill are are looking up, and then they see the they see the Animaniacs instead of a dinosaur, and they're like, this cartoon's been extinct since 1998 or whatever. Yeah, it was really well done. They really matched the script to this parody. It was just it was it was just very well executed. If you like Animaniacs even a little or also Jurassic Park or especially if you like both, I really say like watch this. This is a thing that I like where it's a trailer where 
the trailer itself isn't just clips from the thing you're getting. It's its own little, like, vignette almost that yeah. sets up the thing. So yeah. it's really yeah. worth checking this out. It's like a like a mini little parody cartoon that's really good. If this vignette trailer is indication of the quality of the show, this is going to be worth watching. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited about this one. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have uh, Iron Mask. And, buddy, this was a big surprise as well. So this is a movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger is against Jackie Chan. And it looks completely bonkers. It's like they're just having fun with it. It's kind of crazy. It reminds me of like some weird steampunk martial arts fantasy movie in a in a bizarre way that's hard to explain it really is this so we have seen a teaser for this a couple weeks back and the teaser was do you remember how terrible it was yeah it was it looked like they didn't really care about it and that they were just slapping it together it really did it looked like it was just this thing that shouldn't even exist and this has i would say this is visually stunning in a lot of scenes Oh, definitely. the The production value in this was was way more apparent than it was in the original one. Which I I thought the original one looked like a like a made for TV movie, but this actually looks like a movie. Yeah, this is uh, this is very much uh, I would say in the Chinese style of like a kung fu epic. Yeah, for sure. But we're blending in European elements along with Asian elements. So it looks like they travel from Europe to Asia in this, I think, right? Yeah, and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is wearing like, like sort of British colonial garb. Yeah. 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 Or probably um, not, probably not British, probably like Austrian or something. I don't know. Oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah, who knows? Uh, this features a Chinese style computer animated dragon that looks pretty good. I just I like Chinese dragons. Do you like Chinese dragons? Oh yeah, this is, makes me think of that YouTube video. <laughs> That's a Chinese myth dragon. <laughs> I just I like the design. I don't know. It's just it's very iconic. Uh, so this this I will I want to see this. I want to see this. Me too. I definitely want to watch this. Yeah. Um, I really like fusion, like cultural fusion style things. So to see these things kind of mesh together. That's one of the things I like most about Firefly, was and Blade Runner is like the 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 mesh that you get from from western and eastern culture coming together creates really cool things yeah very 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 much so totally agree uh then we also have a a new trailer a full trailer for barbarians which we also still want to see yeah this is coming out soon actually october 23rd on netflix and we i was able to tell this time from this trailer because it was longer that they are each speaking their own respective languages and the Romans are speaking Latin, but they're speaking it with kind of a an Italian lilt, that accent-wise, instead of just being like really flat Latin. So it sounds a lot more natural. There's one of the Germanic people is is kind of a Legatha-esque barbarian woman, and she's already my favorite character. She looks really cool in this, kind of like a Diablo character or something. Yeah, I think the costume design in this is is pretty pretty cool. There's some cool yeah. stuff here. So this, I'm definitely watching this. Like I'm gonna watch this on hundred percent, hundo percent, hundo percent. 
Uh, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, and then, it also, I will say, it was just a good trailer. It was just cut really well. It was. It, it really made me want to watch it. Just looks awesome. The action was good in the trailer. You got a yeah. sense of some of the characters. Just yes. cool. So go definitely go check this uh, trailer out. I think I think you'll like it, uh, folks out there in TV land. Uh, then we have a trailer for the Stand series. Yeah. So we had a a teaser trailer for this that was only like thirty seconds long a couple weeks ago. This is a Stephen King, uh, his sort of magnum opus book. A lot of people consider The Stand to be the best Stephen King book. It's definitely up there for me. I love The Stand. And I like to see this version of it. It's got it's got uh, Cyclops in it as Stu. He was Gary Sinise in the 90s miniseries. Uh, there's one of the Sarsgaards. I, I can't keep them all. It was the one that wasn't in It. I think Peter, Peter Sarsgaard, is, is Randall Flagg. And it looks like he's playing him how he should be played which is kind of like a a trickster type character so i'm pretty excited about it i saw they had larry underwood was in this this trailer although he's got a he's like a one-hit wonder type musician in the book and he's got this song that's in the book and uh you all everybody in lost was kind of based off of this character and his song in the stand because charlie and and larry underwood are very similar but they, the song that they played in the trailer was like a real song. I forget which one it was. And it wasn't you. It wasn't uh, uh, Baby Can You Dig Your Man, which is the, the Larry Underwood song from The Stand, which I'm dying to hear how it sounds. Because it's such a cheesy Stephen King song. Like he wrote, he wrote it and he's such a big dork that it was really dorky. And I can't wait to hear it, so... I really like the stand. The problem is that this is on CBS All Access, which I don't have, so I'm going to have to do a free trial. I'm not familiar with the stand. It, it, to me, it looked like it, do, do people have telekinesis? Uh, what's going on here? I don't know what. I don't really know what's happening. Randall Magic- Flag has has powers because he's like the embodiment of evil. Oh, a sinister gentleman. Yeah, but not everybody has powers. There's a couple psychic people and and he has like a lot of powers and then most most everyone's normal all right so that i mean it looks uh, it looks like it's pretty well made so we'll see how it comes out uh then we have a movie trailer here for a movie boy this trailer uh this is called jujitsu and they use jujitsu as uh the name of a person who is the jujitsu right that's well, that's sort of what it, what it seemed like. I wasn't sure if Nicolas Cage was calling a person the jujitsu or just saying that they were like the jujitsu guys because they were the best at it. And the alien that was pretty much the alien from the Lost in Space reboot on Netflix was coming to fight people, and Nicolas Cage like collected all of these Mortal Kombat guys. Uh, you have a note here that it was like Mortal Kombat and Predator had a baby, or Jess said it was like Mortal yeah. Kombat and Predator had a baby. That's absolutely what this is. Yeah, she said that when we were watching it, and I was like, well, that, there's nothing else to be said about this. That's what it looks like. That's exactly what it is. Now, I, I do want to mention Tony Jaw is in this trailer. Uh, I love Tony Jaw from Thailand. 
he's he was he's been an action star in Thailand since the early aughts uh, as a, you know doing kickboxing stuff. His signature move is like a jump knee kick where he like runs at you really fast and jumps, and then he hits you with his knee. <laughs> so it's like that's the big thing. And he I believe he does it in this trailer. He like breaks through a door. And, oh yeah, and, and hits a guy, but he's doing that knee move. This is Tony Jaa week. Last week was Alec Baldwin. This week is Tony Jaa. Uh, it is as we will we will get back to Tony Jaa in another um, uh, trailer here. Uh, so that's the jujitsu. This trailer, uh, this this looks like a low budget type deal. It's not great. This looks like one of those things that Nicolas Cage is in, like Season of the Witch or. Basically, throw your throw throw a, a stone at a pile of Nicolas Cage movies, and you'll you'll hit one of these. Didn't he make like a second uh, Ghost Rider movie? Yes, he made a second Ghost Rider movie that was directed by Mark Neveldine and Brian Taylor, who are music video directors who directed the Crank movies, and are maybe the two of the worst filmmakers in existence. Oh gosh, abysmal, abysmal. I think they also did the really bad Alien movie Skyline, if I'm not mistaken. Oh jeez, I hate that movie. Yeah, it's one of the worst movies ever. That movie features an atomic bomb going off, a guy looking at it through a telescope, and it does not blind him. It does not blind his eye. (laughs) Uh, That would instantly melt your eye. Mark, I'm I'm pretty I know that there's a connection between Mark Nevildine and Brian Taylor. I know they directed Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance and they directed Crank. Uh the the Skyline director I think is the same as Aliens vs Predator Requiem, which I also consider to be one of the worst movies ever. But I'm not sure if that was them as well, or if there's just another music video director that is terrible. Oh, they directed I- Gamer. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, so we got... Okay, so Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance, Ga- Gamer, and the Crank movies are Mark Neveldine and Brian Taylor. And the director of Skyline and Aliens vs. Predator Requiem was actually Colin Strauss and Greg Strauss. See, it's it's two dudes, and they're both both sets of music video directors so you can see how their combined terribleness would jumble in my mind i I absolutely do it's uh, and i honestly don't even care if you got it wrong because the legacy of these guys is it's terrible legacies uh uh, you're just getting terrible legacies confused Uh, who cares yep so yeah uh all right so uh in another surprise uh we had a full-length monster hunter trailer uh, or is this more of a longer teaser? I'd say this is a full trailer. It was two minutes, I think. Okay. This, um, you know, I, I want to see this. I'll say I it. definitely do. I mean, it's going to be dumb, and it's going to just be like a punch press action movie, but it's going to, it's, Mila's fun. Like, Mila Jovovich is fun. She is. Uh, she looks fun in this trailer. Her facial expressions in this trailer are great. Uh-huh. Uh, she and I, you know, I think I have a little bit of a crush on her in this trailer. Oh yeah, she's rad. She's like I own a lot of of action movies that she's in. Yeah, this I will say this. So first of all, Tony Jaw's in this. Okay, so we're, we're back to Tony Jaw. Yep. This trailer um, or this story starts out like Wizard of Oz. 
That it they're, does. <clears throat> instead of being in Aunt Am's house, they're in a Humvee. It gets sucked up by a tornado, and then they find themselves not in Kansas anymore, uh, but in this dinosaur world with monsters. Yeah, and Tony Jaz there, and he knows what he's doing. So it looks like Mila gets outfitted by him with the big old sword. And she has flame swords in this. I think there's must, there must be some kind of magic going on in this. Oh, I don't sure. know. I don't know anything about Monster Hunter. Maybe you Me can. Neither. Yeah, y'all can educate us. <laughs> is there magic in this world? Is it? Is that what it is? Who knows? Not uh, us. I, I don't know. Are dragon bones? Do they make fire? Because dragons are just fiery. Are they? Can you only hurt these monsters with, with dragon bones? Maybe. Uh, welcome to the Dragon Bone Boys podcast. <laughs> dragon Bone Boys is our our gang. Uh, that is trademark. Trademark, that is us. We're going to get leather jackets made, Dragon Bone Boys. Uh, that's the new name of the podcast. And our uh, band. Our band is the Dragon Bone Boys. Um, I better get good at, at my guitar quick. Um, so yeah, patent pending, patent pending, patent pending. <laughs> we got to come up with some kind of uh, uh, alcohol, some kind of spirit. Isn't that what uh, everyone's doing these days? They're coming up with their own spirits. Ryan Reynolds. Uh, oh yeah, Hugh, yeah. Hugh Jakeman. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds made like a bajillion dollars on his so let's do that we have as much clout as ryan reynolds oh uh, yeah absolutely what do we call our uh, our spirit uh, uh well snake juice is taken <laughs> we can call it dragon blood dragon bone blood boys but dragon bone boys blood we can call it dragon marrow dragon marrow um i'm trying to think of a what is a what is a spirit that starts with the, the letter d Dumb dudes, uh, dumb dude daiquiris. (laughs) Dumb dude daiquiris. We tried to be cool and we ended up with dumb dude daiquiris. (laughs) But uh, but patent pending Dragon Bone Boys. uh, Dragon Bone Boys moonshine. Can't wait to get that leather jacket back from the customizers. Yeah, you know who's gonna be the first client of Dragon Bone Boys uh, spirit? Who's that? Quick, Mickey. <laughs> and that's a tip. And that's a tip. Uh, all right, so let's let's actually talk about Rednecks here. Uh, we have a trailer for Hillbilly Elegy. Yes, this is a Ron Howard movie starring Amy Adams and Glenn Close and then a bunch of people whose names I don't know. Same. And it seems to cover three different time periods because of the age makeup that Amy Adams was going through and this kid that grows up and they found actors who without telling me i could tell it was the grown-up version of the younger (laughs) younger kid so there's good casting there i sort of had mixed mixed feelings on this trailer it doesn't look like something that i like want to see no although i i've never seen a bad ron howard movie um yeah, I liked all the Terminator references. <laughs> Two things stood out to me in this trailer. One is the performances are incredible. Even from the trailer, you can tell these performances are just incredible. Uh, oh yeah, uh, just incredible. And uh, the the aging makeup in this is phenomenal. Uh, yeah. I, at one point, um, Amy Adams looked I don't know twenty five thirty pounds heavier, and I don't know how they did it. Yeah, no, she she looked uh completely different because they had to separate out like 30 years worth of time 
but the makeup was very realistic. Looked really good. It looked really good, and it wasn't like she was in this big fat suit. It was like a subtle weight gain. It was like uh-huh. I, I was like I was wondering. I I was asking myself the question while watching. I was like, did she gain weight for this part of the for part of the filming of this role? Because how did they do this? It looks yeah. so real. Uh, and maybe it she looks, did. I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. I'm sure it was all prosthetics or something but it's okay. just whoever did the 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 effects the visual effects for this was really good yeah really good uh so th- despite having these 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 amazing things i'm also not going to watch this movies like this that are just about people's lives and like just real life and like arguments that they have and like struggles that they have to me they're just not it's not entertaining it's not it's not something that i'm going to seek to watch i don't it's boring to me and there's going to be other trailers we talk about here that are like the same thing. Yeah. I just it's I live li- I live normal life every day. Why well, don't want to watch movies about normal life? I got you this on Blu-ray for for Christmas and now I feel feel like I have to take it back. <laughs> I can't believe you do that to me. How is the how are the accents? Um they they were not great. No, they're not great. Okay. I wasn't sure. Uh, I never uh, know. It sounded like Californian people trying to do accents. Uh, all right, so that is uh, Hillbilly LG. Next up, we have a trailer for "I'm Your Woman." Yeah, this is uh, our weird cover song of the week. We had Jefferson Airplane's "Somebody to Love" done in a really weird slow cover for yeah, this one. Yeah, yeah. So this uh, this actually the premise of this movie is pretty cool. It's this woman and her kid, uh, like a infant. And her uh, her husband is a thief, I think they said. Yeah, he's some kind of criminal. Some kind of criminal. He gets into trouble, and then they so she has to like leave very quickly with a guy named Cal, um, an, uh, a black man named Cal, and he is like in charge of keeping her safe. And so the story is just about her evading all these dangerous people that I guess her husband was mixed up in who want to kill her. And yet Cal is protecting her, and, he, and, the, and then they go to his family, to like, and so his family's in this. In this. Uh, but it, I don't know, it's like we don't usually see uh, that part of the story. Like normally in movies like this, it's, it's about the thief, right? Uh, and right, these, yeah. and these, these characters are just uh, on the side, I guess. Basically paid extras. Yeah, exactly. So this is kind of interesting to me, I think. I thought so too. When I was watching it, uh, and she's got all this stuff going wrong, and they're like, Cal's going to take care of you. Go with Cal. I was like, where's my Cal for 2020? Like, I want a Cal <laughs> to come and take me away from, from Oh, this. I know it. I know it. And, t- and he, like, teaches her how to shoot a gun and all this kind of stuff. So we all need a Cal here in 2020, man. Uh, Send us our Cals. Seriously. I I think this is... um, I think the name of this is really dope. Like, I think this is one of the best names. I'm your woman... I just thought after you watch the trailer and they and that comes up on the screen, you're like, okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was a good trailer. Yeah, it was a good trailer. So that's I'm your woman, and then next up we have trailer for the Kid Detective. Yeah, this movie is a ripoff of of Brick, the Ryan Johnson movie Brick with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, where it's like a noir type story with like high school kids. But it's also a ripoff of the animated series Dicktown, which is about an adult, a former child detective solving crimes for teenagers still because you can't get a real job. And I was like, you can't just like take other things and then make your thing. 
I've never seen these things that you've named, but it does sound very similar after I'm hearing you talk about them now. I knew within within like 13 seconds of watching the trailer that most of it would be lifted from brick. This trailer features uh, a man using the bathroom like into a toilet. And I want to tell you right now, I hate, I hate people using the bathroom on screen. I hate it. There is no was- reason... I was gonna say it's one of those drunk ones where it like goes across the whole bathroom, you know, or he like missed. It's awful. What there is no reason to have that as part of your story to film it, and, and you know, like maybe there's a gag there somehow, like Liz Lemon sitting on the toilet in Thirty Rock and the doors open and, and, <laughs> and, they, and he sees her like it's like the first first date or whatever. That now that's that's funny, okay? Like <laughs> the door blows open or whatever. Uh, moments like that are funny, but like. When you actually see like the P stream, I'm just like, I'm out, dude. Like, why are we do? Why, 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 why are you doing this? Why are you? There's doing a, this? a discussion they had on the Friendly Fire podcast, which I can't go a week without re- referencing Friendly Fire, where they were really sick of watching people spit soup out in movies. <laughs> They're like, just cut away. We don't need to see this every week. Someone throwing up soup. It's so weird. These cliches in movies. People, people going into the bathroom and putting water on their face. Nobody does that. I actually do that just to make it so that movies are more accurate. <laughs> You're such a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> what? What's it's, weird about that? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, <laughs> oh, Nick. Uh, all right. So anyway, this I don't know. This doesn't look good to me. I don't care about this. Uh, then we have a trailer for Uncle Frank. Uh, and, and here again, we have a movie that it looks like a boring movie about life and, uh, your gay uncle Frank. Yeah. It was a real good cast. Oh um, yeah. Good cast. Paul Bettany, Stephen Root. Stephen Root's one of the most underrated best actors of all time, I think. And, uh, Sophia Lillis, who's popping up in everything now. Um. What else has she been in? She was in It and that show that got canceled about superpowers and... Some Nancy Drew thing on HBO that I heard was really bad. There was a Nancy Drew thing on HBO? Yeah, it's called Nancy Drew and the Hidden Staircase, and they reviewed it on Review Crew, the Hey Riddle Riddle Patreon. And it, the review of the of the movie was very funny, and to a point where I'm glad they made the bad movie, because <laughs> I heard the review of it on the Patreon. Yeah, so I don't know what to say about this other than it's a great cast, but looks terribly boring and uninteresting, and it's not for us. Uh, yeah, I don't want to watch people be mean to Paul Bettany. I love him. Yeah, and then this is a period piece, but that doesn't make this uh, interesting. Like, if you're listen, I'll tell you this: if you want to go watch something in the '60s, go watch Catch Me If You Can. Oh, that's a great movie. It's a great movie. Okay, <laughs> and it, I always use Catch Me As You Can, Catch Me If You Can, as an example of a story about real life. But it's an extraordinary story. So if you're going to tell a story that's just real life with no fantastical elements, no what sci-fi elements or whatever, it has to be it has to be extraordinary. And that is one of those examples. Two mice fell in a bucket of cream. Two little mice fell in a bucket of cream. <laughs> <laughs> the best Christopher Walken speech of all time is in that movie. I totally forgot he's in that. Oh, it's so great. Now I want to go watch that movie. It's a good movie. Uh, uh, all right, so then we have a trailer for The Liberator on Netflix. I didn't, I had no idea this existed or was getting made uh, until you put it on here. Yeah, I didn't hear about it until this week. Uh, 
I think we we might have had different takeaways from this because yours is a lot more positive than than I thought when I was watching it. Yeah, so this is like a um I, it is some sort of like cell shaded like almost like rotoscoping watercolor type of overlay onto something that they actually filmed, I think, right? Yeah. Uh the closest thing I can relate this to is Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. I would I would I thought of a scanner darkly first. Yeah, that that, that very much that. Um they, they they say in the trailer this is like a war story like you've never seen before and I think that's right. I mean, we've never seen anything like this for a war movie. Um uh, I think it looks very interesting. You did you not? I have a strong feeling that they did this animation style which could which would likely be mostly done with some kind of filter to cover up cheapness so you can have like bad sets and bad props and if you put this filter over them that colors them in in a different way people won't notice and uh it had a very student filmy feel to me so i wasn't as on board with this one and i this is like a world war like i don't know if it was one or two the tanks looked like world war Two. yeah this this is the kind of thing that should appeal to me because i'm sort of obsessed with with war movies because of friendly fire and it didn't i didn't didn't uh click with me i just i was like they're using this animation to cover up something it's like a distraction okay so so here's what we'll do i will check this out and i will let you know if it's worth watching yeah i feel like you'll be able to tell right away if if what i'm saying is accurate or not because i could be way off base but that's just the impression that i got well, y'all, y'all check this trailer out, The Liberator, on Netflix, and tell tell us if you think it looks cheap or if it looks cool or whatever you think. Yes. Okay, uh, I know you're excited about this next one. We have the new season trailer for His Dark Materials. Yeah, His Dark Materials is maybe the only HBO series I've, I've ever enjoyed because <laughs> they're real bad at, at series. Um, I still I want to get all these Lin-Manuel Miranda clothes. He looks so cool. He does. Very yeah, cool. I'm excited about this. It's the best VFX that are out there is in this show. Like the the creatures look real. Uh, I like the characters. I like the the aesthetic with like the, the zeppelins and the the way they dress and everything about this is is up my alley. So I I really like season one. I'm waiting waiting for this one. I'll watch this as soon as it comes out. And uh, you referenced my very favorite SNL thing that ever happened with your comment. So. <laughs> I can't believe you got this reference. Oh, it's my favorite SNL thing of all time. <laughs> well, I'm going to put the clip in here, but uh, the pepper monster from Lost shows up in this trailer. <laughs> How do you not smell that pepper? <laughs> it is like the pepper monster from Lost left the island and made a beeline straight up into this pizza riot. Oh, no. Bobby Moynihan is is great. And I love uh, that's what I, I love that uh, I love that sketch. Uh, so yeah, this looks this looks good. I I don't you know I don't think I ever finished the first season. I need to finish that. Is this season two or three? This is season two. Okay, so I need to go back and finish first season so I can get into this one. Uh, all right, the the um, Baker's Dezinth trailer is for Rogue City. This is on Netflix. Yeah, this was uh, an action movie that I was I was sort of thinking was this is kind of like a 
$10 bin action movie, which is fine. It's got Jean Reno in it. He's great. Everyone loves Jean Reno, right? Right. Yes. He's great. He's the professional. Yeah, he's a professional. Uh, this is all in French. Uh, this was it's French made, I'm assuming. Uh, so I will watch this because I'm a bit of a francophile. But I think you may be right. It may just be a generic action French movie. Yeah, it's probably just a French action movie, which is fine. That's fine. There's a there's a lot of shots of people shooting guns in this. And Jean Reno, who, even if it's generic, Jean Reno delivers. Uh, he's the professional. He's the professional. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, that does it for the new 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 trailers, and that brings us to the trailer mailers. You've got mail. We got a lot of good responses for our, our questions times from last week. Did, didn't we, though? Uh, let's remind you of the, qu- the first question from last week, which was, if you could make one movie into a video game, what would it be? All right. So Kevin said, although Ubisoft may already wind up doing something pretty darn similar to this with Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I'd play the heck out of an action RPG set in the world of Vikings, if nothing else so I can see the look on Nick's face when he finds out he can play as Floki. I would definitely choose to play as Floki just so I can hit the button that makes him go. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Charlie said the hardest part was thinking of a movie that isn't already a video game. So he said maybe Edge of Tomorrow. It kind of felt like a video game already. 100% would play Edge of Tomorrow video game. Yeah, I would too. And it does lend itself very well to a video game game like loop play, you know. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Robo said, I would love a Knights of the Old Republic style game based in the Stargate universe where I would get to lead my own Stargate team to different worlds and interact with established events and characters from the Stargate franchise. So I'm, I'm a Stargate movie guy. I, I didn't really dig the show. Uh, I'm guessing Robo's a fan of the show? Probably. I, I love the movie. Uh, it's, it's, you know, got Kurt Russell. I love everything with Kurt Russell. That is known. Um, I, I've never seen any of the series because I didn't have cable when they were on. I know Jewel State's in one of them, and I would hang out with Jewel State. So, uh, Elaine said, sticking with the theme of the episode, I think it would be really cool to have a Lord of the Rings game with a structure similar to Breath of the Wild, Zelda Breath of the Wild. The hardest part of this is deciding which character to be the main one. This made me think of... The original Xbox, there was a game, an RPG for the Fellowship of the Ring that was based on the books and not the movies that was made to compete with the PlayStation's movie license tie-in games. And they never made any of the other books, so they only ended up making Fellowship. But it was pretty good, and the Two Towers game that they had planned sounded pretty good, but it kind of fell apart behind the scenes and never happened. Uh, the the game that never was. Jay said, Like Charlie said, it was hard to think of a movie that has not been turned into a video game. My next problem was thinking of a movie with a story or plot that could be turned into a game that would last more than a couple of hours. It finally hit me what movie has an endless supply of baddies and bosses. John Wick. He would occasionally get his weapons taken away and would have to fight hand-to-hand combat and eventually pick up new ones. Okay. Sold, pre-ordered. I want every game. I'm going to play them all. Yeah. I. You know, I almost think that the style of... Uh, what's that Rockstar game? The slow motion shooting mechanic. Uh, 
Max Payne. Max Payne. Something like Max Payne with a little, you know, a little bit different, but something like a Max Payne would work for John Wick, I think. Yeah, so that it sort of creates very cinematic looking because John Wick is a stunt right. expo. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Jess said Blues Brothers, a Telltale game, and that that works perfectly. Yeah, she she said the uh, the events that you do would be sort of like how Guitar Hero ends up being anyway. So if you're playing the music, you'd have to just hit the things to make it go in the right way. So we're big Blues Brothers fans in this house. Well, okay, so second question from last week was, what is your favorite Halloween or fall movie or series tradition in general? All right, so Charlie said, Over the Garden Wall is my favorite fall series. And I would have said that even if this wasn't the picture that I used on the Questions Times post on Instagram. Robo said, I love watching Lord of the Rings, obviously. Well, yes, obviously. But the Halloween Town movies were always really fun, and I'm excited to be able to watch them all on Disney+. Plus. I saw those on there when I was scrolling through the other day, and I thought of this answer. Elaine said, I don't have a go-to movie, but I always watch Hocus Pocus at least once during this time every year. I had forgotten about Over the Garden Wall, but I remember loving it, and I need to rewatch it. You know, thinking of Hocus Pocus, I always thought that the young witch was really pretty as a kid. Was that Sarah Jessica Parker? Is that no? No, it was. It was no, it was. It wasn't really. I, she's one of them. Admission: I've never seen Hocus Pocus. We're gonna find out. Robot voice: Who, who played the young witch in Hocus Pocus? Sarah Jessica Parker. Did I get it without even seeing the movie? It is Sarah Jessica Parker. You have got to be kidding me! Again, with the Sarah Jessica Parker in my younger self, like my older self doesn't has doesn't like i don't think sarah jessica parker is like anything but my younger self did (laughs) your your younger self is just went on a different path in life she she um is in flight of the navigator yeah 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 i remember this that that was like a that was like 50 episodes ago we talked about this yes and 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 that was when i like I think the first time, I, like I had like conscious thoughts of I really like uh, girls. Uh, Flight of the Navigator, Sarah Jessica Parker. Uh, yes, that was <laughs> like sort of the sexual awakening, if you if you will. Uh, <laughs> but then I but then I also completely separately just remember Hocus Pocus, which came out in 1993. I would have been 10 years old at that point, and just remember being very attracted to the younger witch, and and it is again Sarah Jessica Parker. This is so weird to me. That is pretty pretty weird. How about that? Okay, well, all right. So, uh, Hocus Pocus. Uh, who I, I bet some of y'all, some other folks that listen to the show watch Hocus Pocus around Halloween. Yeah, in fact, read Kevin. Oh yeah, Kevin. Look at that. Uh, hard to beat Hocus Pocus this time of year, as far as I'm concerned. That's what Kevin <laughs> said. <laughs> I uh, I'm gonna watch this this year because, okay, if you're hearing this and you're freaking out that I haven't seen Hocus Pocus, don't at me. I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> <laughs> not everyone sees everything that everyone's seen I, when i was a kid i only liked animated movies i didn't like live action movies so uh, i i certainly not gonna throw shade uh or or guilt trips or anything like that i've never seen a brat pack movie in my life so you know there's lots of stuff we haven't either. seen collectively yeah yeah uh jess said buffy season two and four halloween episodes and sleepy hollow I can attest that the Sleepy Hollow one is true because we just watched it the other day. 
Uh, Buffy Season 2 and 4 Halloween episodes are both great. And if you want to tell us what's great, you can email us at trailerblazerspod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at trailerblazerspodcast, which is where we do like the bulk of our interact- interacting with people. If you want random updates when an episode drops, you can follow us on Twitter at trailer underscore blazers, but don't expect any interaction from me on there because I don't remember the password. If you are feeling extra generous, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, which is still the best way for the show to gain traction. And if you do that, Quick Mickey's going to let you know what happens. I vote, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. And I'm going to tell you the right, I'll tell you right every time how it happens, okay? You leave a five-star rising on there. Then I'm going to call you up and we're just going to have a brainstorming session. Okay, we're going to brainstorm together. We're going to come up with a KOTOR a Knights of the Old Republic-style Lord of the Rings game starring Sarah Jessica Parker. Because that's how we roll up in Chantra. And we're going to figure out what the gameplay loop is going to be, and then we're gonna, we probably can call it The Edge of Lord of the Rings Tomorrow. Or something like that. I, it, there are no bad ideas when you brainstorm it. We just throw stuff to the wall and say what sticks, and that's the technique we'll do when we brainstorm, and that's the tip. Illuminating as always. Thank you for that tip, Quick Mickey. It's uh, always a pleasure. For Trailer Blazers, my name is Nick Kelly, and I've been animated in a way to cover up my cheapness. And I'm Ben Moon, and though I'm a period piece, I am interesting. Happy Trailsers. Video games. One quarter portion. Of the show, folks, uh, we have a half dozen video games to talk about in uh, today, don't we? That's that's quite right, Ben. Uh, Nick, but I, before we talk about these trailers, you had an experience that I want to talk about. Yes, so, you know, just to get it out of the way, I'm, I'm, on, I'm in Act 3 of Ghost of Tsushima. I've been playing that. It's one of my favorite games ever made. Uh... The thing we want to talk about here is I played Star Wars Squadrons in VR. So jealous. I went over to my cousins, and they had a chair, like a comfy chair, in the middle of of the room where we paint minis. And I was like, what's this doing in here? And my cousin said, well, this is where we play Squadrons in VR. And I was like, gimme, gimme, gimme. So he hooked up the thing to my head. Uh, I had to play with an Xbox controller. They don't have all the gear yet. Okay. Um, so I, I, but I had my head set on. I wasn't wearing contacts, so I, I couldn't see very well. So I'm sure it looks a lot better. I'm really blind without my glasses on, like really bad. So it was a little blurry. But even, even though it was blurry and I didn't, I couldn't see. I was flying an A-wing. I was flying an A-wing. I was in it. When I looked around, there was all the cockpit stuff. Like I could see my shoulders and like the like the glass and like the the bolts and the walls and the every little scuff and dirt and stuff on the console things and when I flew in between something that looked like I could fly in between it I went in between it uh when I 
spin out of control. I got like kind of dizzy. I didn't get motion sick. I don't get motion sick normally. I only get seasick, which is a kind of motion sick. But I didn't get sick. I did make myself dizzy because I was spinning like Darth Vader in, at the end of the movie. Uh, I fought TIE Fighters. I wasn't very good at it. It's really hard to not have them be behind you. But I've, I only played for 20 minutes, you know, in my entire life. So I'm not like... I did end up killing all five of the TIE Fighters that I was fighting. But I was flying around doing a training mission and there's like all this debris that you're flying through. And it was just, I was flying in it. It was, I was in it, and I was flying in it. I've got to try this in VR. I've got to try it. When you come up here, I'll plug you in to it. Okay. We can do that. I have to know if I get sick. If, if I don't get sick, then I'm going to buy a VR setup. I, I will tell you now. Yeah, I did not get sick. I did make myself dizzy, but I got used to it really quick. And when I made myself dizzy, I was being irresponsible as a pilot. <laughs> Indeed, you were, sir. Uh, so I, I played. I have only played squ- uh, squadrons just a little bit this past week. I, I've just been busy. I haven't been playing much video games. Uh, but let's talk about. Oh, we have one bit of industry news. Uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is open for pre orders on Stadia. Is that how you're going to get it? It is how I'm going to get it. Uh, also, Assassin's Creed Valhalla got confirmed for Stadia, so I'm also going to play that on Stadia as well. Nice. So they're they're putting your stuff out for Stadia. They are finally getting the stuff that I want. So uh, yeah, I cannot wait to play Cyberpunk. Uh, so November coming out in November. Can't wait. Excellent. Also, there there's a little bit of industry news about how they are doing crunch. If you're familiar with video game crunch, uh, where they get close to a release date and all the developers and artists and stuff have to work like overtime to get it ready. Right. And it's it's not a healthy thing. It's not a good thing. Uh, they should really stop doing this in the video game industry. And so uh, CD Projekt Red uh, has been crunching and pushing their folks, and it's not great. Yeah. So hopefully they, I mean, this game has gone gold, so hopefully they will pay them for doing this, and they will try to make up for it with the money they give them. Hopefully, but one never knows. I don't know how it goes over there in Poland. I don't know either. Uh, I just, I I want the best for those guys, and I I hate that uh, they're having a crunch, but... This seems to happen in every single video game company too. It's a terrible, it's a terrible trend. I, I don't, I don't know why they don't fix this. Yeah, it's not like they didn't have time. Like they had time, they delayed it almost a year. Yeah, just make the sc- the scope of your game smaller, and then you know polish it, polish it, and then come out with DLC or whatever. I don't know. You know, I should be saying this. I don't know enough. I've never been a game developer. I don't know how these things work. Well, I got game developer friends, and they complain about crunch, so I believe them. Yeah, it is a problem, for sure. Uh, all right, so that's the, that's the news. But let's talk about these new, new trailers. Uh, first trailer here is King Arthur Knight's Tale. This is an announcement trailer. Yeah. Uh, this was just sort of like a Diablo clone, but like a cheaper one. I have very little to say about the game itself. The thumbnail on YouTube and the, the title screen at the end... King Arthur looked like he did in the King Arthur and the Knights of Justice cartoon from the 90s. Where, like, the football team went back in time and had to cover for King Arthur. One of my favorite uh, cartoon series. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, I loved it as well. I had a bunch of uh, action figures from it. I did too. Including King Arthur, which is why I immediately was like, Hey, that King Arthur and this is the King Arthur from from Knights of Justice. (laughs) 
Uh, uh, so I do want to correct you here. This is actually not a Diablo-style game, uh, although it is like sort of that isometric view. Uh, this is a turn-based, a grid-based uh, game, more in the style of uh, Divinity Original Sin or Baldur's Gate. Well, I agree with your point that you're that you make on the outline here then <laughs> yeah i said there's no reason to play this because baldur's gate 3 is out <laughs> like why would we play this yeah baldur's gate 3 looks awesome this just looks the jess was like is this a mobile game and then it wasn't <laughs> yeah this it almost could be a mobile game for sure and it, who knows it might be really good i just i don't know anything about the studio it might be really good but yeah this is just from the trailer we weren't impressed no uh, second trailer we have here is Sackboy, A Big Adventure Story. And I'm, I'm assuming this is for PlayStation 5. Yeah. This is, uh, I think, was it Little Big Planet with the, the Sackboy character originated yes. in? Yes. So I think they put out a, a new game like this at the launch of every console. Yeah, I never played Little Big Planet, so I don't have any attachment to this at all. Uh, I don't either. Yeah, this is just your standard colorful launch platformer. That's he, all this is. he he just looks like the homunculi from from the movie Nine to me. Yeah, that's kind of yeah, that's kind of what he looks like. Uh, this is um, you know this is the equivalent of like a Mario Galaxy or a Mario sixty four. Yeah, something like that. So I will we'll probably never play this. No. Uh, third trailer here is GI Joe Operation Blackout. This is the launch trailer. And essentially, it looks just like Borderlands. It does. It, I remember the trailer coming out for this, in the, like the the teaser trailer or whatever. And I was like, yeah, oh, this looks kind of cool. Like, if you were a G.I. Joe fan, it looks pretty cool. But this trailer looked more fun, I think. I don't know. I liked... I recognized... I didn't have a lot of G.I. Joe stuff. I wasn't a G.I. Joe kid. But I had... I remember I had Scarlet. And then when Scarlet was in this trailer, I was I was like, oh, it's Scarlet. I had Scarlet, so I was more into that. So it did get me a little bit with that nostalgia for that one figure that I remember having. Yeah, I, this I think this is an arena shooter, I think. Don't quote me on this. It looks like an arena shooter. I think I would rather have a G.I. Joe Smash Brothers clone. I would, yeah, I would play, I don't, I probably wouldn't play this. It isn't the kind of game that I would play. I just like how it looks, and I, I like... Yeah. I re- there's some there's a weirdness to G.I. Joe that's similar to how Resident Evil is weird where it's like they just do what they want and they have this weird nonsensical militaristic structure and like ridiculous characters and it's something about it that is appealing even even though I was never really a big G.I. Joe person yeah ima- imagine a military where you allow people to make their own weapons right it's like weird sci-fi nonsense and I like it yeah, uh, there was. I think there was a character called like Bushwhacker or something, and he had he literally had like a weed eater. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I know a lot of the characters strictly through watching Toy Galaxy videos, where he would like have old GI Joe figures. The only ones that I remembered from, from, a long time ago were Scarlet and like Destro and uh, Snake Eyes. Duke. Duke. Yeah, Duke. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the. Cobra Commander. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd rather be boiled in oil than owe my life to G.I. Joe! All right, so uh, then we have a trailer for Cyberpunk 27. Well, actually, there was a ton of Cyberpunk stuff that came out this past week, 
But the one that stuck out to me was the official vehicles trailer. Uh, this is a Red Band trailer, but it it shows you all the different kinds of vehicles in the game. Yeah, we got like Bugatti uh, grills and stuff in here. Kevin told me yeah. to say something to sound smart with Bugattis, but I forgot what it was, and now I <laughs> now I look even stupider. <laughs> did Did you wake up in a Bugatti? I woke up in a new Bugatti. I woke up in a new Bugatti. I woke up. It looks like a Bugatti spaceship. <laughs> so the the classes of cars you have like economy cars, and luxury cars, and muscle cars, and then like exotic cars, and then at the end. There was a there was a big surprise that they said you know the, we of course we have original cars but there's also some like legacy cars or whatever and they I mean it's just a split second but it it's a Porsche I tell you it's a Porsche so they are I guess they have a Porsche license and maybe even licenses for other kinds of cars as well so you're going to be driving in cars that you recognize around Night City which is kind of cool I think. Yeah, Kevin told me what what the car was. Like, I know all these people that like cars, like you and Kevin and Jay, and I don't know anything about them. It's some. Uh, I he texts me a lot, so I lost the thread. But yeah, he knew what the car was. The Johnny, it was like Johnny Silverhand's car or something, which is Keanu Reeves. Yeah, so just looking at it, it looks like a just it looks like a Porsche 911, uh, from what I can tell. This is gonna be a good game. Can't wait. Should be fun. Um, so then, so you can go check out some of that content. They, they put out a bunch of content this week. Then the uh, oh, then we have a an, uh, a launch trailer for that Raji and Ancient Epic game. Yeah, it's that Indian that Indian game. Yeah, it's based off of like Indian folklore and stuff. Yes, it still looks so good. This is a game that I will own and play. Yeah, I think I'm going to get this too, because <clears throat> I think it's on Switch. It looks like the most perfect Switch game ever. You could just like sit in the couch with your Switch and play. Yes, yes. It just it's the art design in this is just really striking and yeah. lovely. Uh, and the music, the music on this trailer was good. Remember the music on the first trailer was really good, and the music on this trailer was really good too. So I think the music in the game is going to be pretty great. Plus, folklore from India is underrepresented in Western media. Uh, that is a thousand percent true. Uh, there's so much to pull from there. Mm-hmm. So can't wait for that one. Can't wait. Also, this uh, f- this trailer featured some wiener stabbing. <laughs> yeah. I noticed that because I saw your note before I watched it. And I watched it and I was like, oh, yep, there that is. So if you want to <laughs> find that, you should watch this trailer and you'll know exactly what Ben was talking about. Yeah, wiener stabbing. Uh, okay, then the last trailer we have here is for 13, the game 13, which came out in 2003, and they have done a remake. My question is why? Is this a big game? Uh, you know, I play. I started to play um, this game, 13, several years after it came out, and it did not hook me. Like, I think I maybe played it for like 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and I was like, I just, I'm not liking this. I never even heard of it. Jess said she remembered it when we were watching it, but like this seems like a really weird choice to remake. It really does. This style of game, I don't think is going to age well. It's a very like large and empty world. Like there's not much to do or interact with. And even from this trailer, it kind of looks the same thing. Like it didn't look like there's all that much to interact with. So no. I was just like, eh, I'm not into this really. No, I wasn't into this. The guy, the dude, 
in the in the art at the end where it showed the character that you play as kind of looked like George Clooney, and that's the best thing I have to say for this. Yeah, I I don't know why this. Is. I mean, I I assume they'll sell some of these, but uh, not for us probably. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, that does uh, that does it for all the new new video game trailers. You got anything else? I have nothing new. Nothing new, folks. All right. Well. I tell you what, for the trailer blazers, I'm Ben Moon and I'm steady wiener stabbing. <laughs> Happy trailers. And I'm Nick Kelly and I'm uh, my football team got pulled back into Camelot and now we have to substitute in for Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table until we can free them, which didn't happen in the animated series because it got canceled, but it did happen in the video game which closed out the series, so if you didn't know that, you should look it up. Happy trailers. I get on.